0: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to a fine time for healing. This is your show host, Randy Fine. So, we're pretty much at the midpoint of September. Just just chucking right along here, <laughs> moving into the fall. Um, did you know that living your most fulfilling life can be achieved simply by learning to depend on your conscience? Today's special guest, Leonard Perlmutter, also known as Ramlev, is here to explain how to reap instant benefits from employing your conscience in every decision you make using simple, practical methods to infuse your life with more happiness, love, or creativity. Leonard believes that looking outside of yourself for happiness is a useless pursuit that you can receive all the guidance you need by trusting your conscience where you can find the wisdom needed to guide you through the trials in your life. He discusses that and so much more in his book, Your Conscience, the Key to Unlock Limitless Wisdom and Creativity and Solve All of Life's Challenges, which is a simple, logical introduction to how your mind works. Leonard is the founder and director of the American Meditation Institute in Averill Park, New York, and... The originator of National Conscience Month, he studied under Swami Rama of the Himalayas, whose lab studies at the Menager Institute demonstrated that blood pressure, heart rate, and the autonomic nervous system can be voluntarily, control- voluntarily controlled. But these findings have become a cornerstone of the modern mind-body movement. And we're ready to get started, and I'd like to introduce you to Leonard Palmer, Paul, Perlmutter, who has been here before, so this is his second time back. Good morning, Leonard, and welcome back.
1: Good morning, Randy, and thank you for uh, the invitation. It's good to be back.
0: Yes, it's so good to have you. Um, so tell us uh, how you got interested in this topic, Where you? what led you to... Um, focus on the conscience.
1: Well, I've always been very uh, philosophically oriented in my life, even since uh, early ages. and I've also been very practical. Uh, and so i've I've been looking my whole life for a philosophy of life that would help me to uh, diminish the pain in my life, the physical pain, mental, emotional, even spiritual dis ease. And what I found was in the perennial psychology and perennial philosophy of all the great spiritual traditions, the same knowledge seems to echo throughout all of them. And it was codified over two thousand years ago, although the the wisdom is six, seven, eight thousand years old. It was codified in the science of yoga, which tells us that the mind is the key to our happiness. It is also the key to our unhappiness, depending on how we deal with it. And so the conscience is the one function of the mind, and there are four of them, and we can discuss those, but the conscience is unique. It separates us human beings from all the rest of the animals because the conscience alone has the capacity to act as a mirror that can reflect perfect wisdom from the super conscious portion of the mind. Now, that might sound like metaphor or poetry, but the superconscious portion of the mind is a real portion, it's beyond the conscious portion, it's beyond the unconscious portion of the mind, and it's the same superconscious portion of the mind where Albert Einstein saw mathematical equations, the same portion of the mind where Paul McCartney hears Beautiful Melodies, doesn't mean that any of us is necessarily going to be a songwriter or a physicist. What it does mean is if we can consciously lean on the conscience to determine our thoughts, words, and deeds, create a global skill in that regard, the promise is, and this is the carrot that's uh, hung out in front of us, the promise is, we will be able to live our lives and fulfill the purpose of our lives in ways free of pain, misery, and bondage. That, that attracted my attention. Okay. So I I decided to experiment with it, and that led me here today.
0: Well, That is really fascinating and it's an approach I don't think I've ever heard so I think that um, you know you say it's an ancient philosophy but um, but in modern days not many people are talking about it how do you define or explain what the conscience is
1: well the conscience is one of the four major functions of the mind and it operates as a mirror it has reflective quality and the conscience, being one of four functions of the mind that operate, can discriminate, determine, judge, and decide. It is the only function of the mind that can decide. And that was a game changer for me when I when I learned that, because what it means is, And it came as a shock to me, and I'm sure that it will come to a shock to everybody, but every single choice we have ever made has always been made by our conscience. Every choice we will ever make is made by the conscience. But the conscience can make two kinds of choices. Either it can reflect perfect wisdom from the the super-conscious portion of the mind that will enable us to be led for our highest and greatest good, or it will be overwhelmed by the other three functions of the mind, which are loud and pushy and only have a limited perspective, and that limited perspective is often wrong, and yet... With that loud noise coming from the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind, the other three functions, the conscience can no longer use its capacity to reflect wisdom from the superconscious portion of the mind and instead will simply rubber stamp the limited, often faulty, opinions of the ego, senses, and unconscious mind. And that is what develops into pain whether it's physical mental emotional or spiritual
0: are we talking about something that is different than intuition or the third eye chakra uh, the pineal gland or is are we talking about something that's different than that
1: no we're not talking something that's different but it is the most reliable methodology for reflecting that intuition 24-7. We have that capacity through the conscience.
0: Okay, so help us explain sort of how that mechanism would work. Can you give us an example of of how we would process something that would sure. reflect? Yes, okay, good.
1: Sure. So let's say that uh, we just finished dinner. And the idea comes up, am I going to brush my teeth? Now, the ego might say, that doesn't sound uh, very uh, pleasant and entertaining. Uh, uh, I would prefer to uh, just uh, maybe have a little more dinner. And the senses might say, oh, <laughs> I don't feel like brushing my teeth now. That sounds terrible. I'd rather have a second slice of apple pie. And the unconscious mind, the repository of everything that we deem essential to self-preservation, that says, well, you know, I'm with the ego and the senses. I don't want to uh, brush my teeth either. I don't have a real uh, deep-seated habit stored in the unconscious mind here, and so I just assume to you know, stick with the ego and the senses. But when the conscience is asked, when the ego, senses, and unconscious mind are quietly listening rather than insisting on their own agenda, the conscience says, look, uh, this life that we're living it's not a sprint it's a marathon and we, we need healthy teeth we need healthy guns we need to eat a healthy and strong immune system So, let's do an experiment let's take two minutes go to the bathroom brush our teeth come back to the kitchen table and we can have a conversation about how it felt to brush our teeth just for the sake of an experiment so it's relatively easy it's sort of a no-brainer it doesn't really threaten the ego it doesn't really threaten the senses it doesn't really threaten the unconscious mind so they're up for it and everybody goes into the bathroom the teeth are brushed and then everybody comes back to the uh, kitchen table and I as the moderator says to the ego, well, what did you think of that experience? Well, the ego says, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't as bad as I feared. And the senses? Oh my gosh, I was amazed, the senses say. When the tongue glides over the teeth, I don't feel that mossiness that I often feel when I don't brush my teeth. I like that. And what does the unconscious mind say? Hmm not so bad not so bad and so with that small little experiment in basing our outer actions on our inner wisdom the ego the senses and the unconscious mind have experienced something pleasant and they also gain a little bit of respect and appreciation for my insistence on the experiment so they trust me more. Mm. And if I can continue to do seemingly insignificant no-brainers with them to gain their trust and provide them an experience that's pleasant, then when our emotional buttons are being pushed and it's a more challenging issue, they will be more willing to trust me again.
0: To base
1: my outer actions on our inner super-conscious wisdom reflected by the conscience. And that's where the music starts.
0: (laughs) This is so powerful. Uh, So the big question, (laughs) which I'm going to ask is, how do we move those three functions of the mind out of the way and I know you're gonna tell us um, that's pretty much the basis of all of this right
1: that's right and we don't want to move them out of the way we want to love them to the fullest extent possible we don't want to get rid of them Uh, we we all need a healthy ego we can't even drive an automobile without a healthy ego and the senses you know we have a body we have senses life is to be enjoyed we all love uh, a wonderfully uh, prepared meal and a fine uh, dessert so life is to be enjoyed and you know the unconscious mind is not always incorrect some of the things that are stored on the hard drive of the unconscious mind are appropriate but there's a lot that's faulty there's a lot that the senses uh don't really know uh, what the outcome is going to be. And and they have very limited uh, perspectives. You know, the sense of sight and smell and taste and hearing and touch. And the same for the ego. The ego, which happens to be hardwired to the reptilian brain, is always, always fearful of annihilation. So every change that happens the ego translates it into a death of what me is and and the ego is afraid of dying but we don't want to uh, we don't want to annihilate the ego we don't want to get rid of the senses we don't want to get rid of the unconscious mind that's what makes life so uh, uh, rewarding and beautiful well, we, what we want to do is we want to expand their limited perspective, expand it, so that they can trust the conscience to be their guide as well as my guide. And that's done through the experiment process, just experimenting, one experiment after another. It's 10 o'clock at night. We're watching a little TV to relax. There's a coffee commercial that comes on. The ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind are ready to march into the kitchen to get some coffee, sugar, half and half, and maybe a leftover slice of apple pie from dinner. But the conscience says, hey, 10 o'clock at night, the caffeine's going to keep us all up. We need a a good night's sleep. Tomorrow morning we have an important business uh, meeting. Uh, you know, if we have a, the same conversation early in the morning, I might have a different uh, answer concerning a cup of coffee. But right now, I have to advise everybody that a cup of coffee is not helpful. So those are the types of things, the types of experiences, the types of experiments that can be done every day. And the more that we do it, the stronger our willpower the more energy we have and the more creativity we have.
0: You know, it's interesting. I just wrote the word willpower, and then you said it. Um, what's different about our conscience um, and our willpower? Is there a difference?
1: Well, the conscience is simply a pass-through. It's a mirror that reflects. has the ability to... Uh, uh, reflects superconscious wisdom, and it can discriminate, determine, judge, and decide. Willpower is the muscles that we need to do what's to be done and not do what's not to be done. The problem in our modern culture is the culture is encouraging us to annihilate the space between stimulus and response you know we all used to have a little more space between stimulus and response (laughs) that would provide us the freedom to make better choices based on the conscience but things are happening at such a rapid rate the culture is encouraging us to eliminate the space between stimulus and response You know, multitask, which is impossible to do. And in order to provide the delusion that we're multitasking, what has to happen? Oh, adrenaline has to constantly surge through our entire body. And what does that do? Well, it depresses the immune system, and it depresses our mind. So it's really a fallacious argument because it's impossible. But if we can detach ourselves from the stimulus just for a short period of time, that space between stimulus and response provides us freedom, freedom to choose. And that's what everybody says that they want. They want freedom. We want freedom. We want freedom. But how free are we when we seem to be enslaved to the limited, often faulty, concepts of the ego, senses, and unconscious mind? But if we become detached, if we create a space between stimulus and response, that space can provide us the freedom to check with our conscience that can reflect perfect wisdom from the center of consciousness, from the superconscious portion of the mind. Mm. And And if I can encourage the ego senses and unconscious mind to do another experiment, then, even though they're doubting Thomas's, they have a good experience so
0: what in, in essence, what we want to do is pause before really making any decisions. Um, how does the does it come in as a thought in terms of a thought because
1: oh absolutely so, yes, okay, so, that's right okay.
0: So for instance, um, I work with a lot of people who are recovering from emotional trauma.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And a lot of times they're fearful that they're going to get into the same situations over and over and over again. So we talk about we talk about pausing and you know, letting and, and just letting allowing them to think through it. So are we actually thinking through it or are we, is it coming to us in terms of just a, a thought, just like ding, like a light bulb thought?
1: It, is, it does come to us in the form of a thought. The problem that we have is that the mind is so reactionary right now and so habituated to running off to the past or running off to the future. Rarely Is it trained to stay in the present moment when the conscience can guide us? Instead, we get lost in the thicket of memories, and that's what uh, uh, triggers us so much. And then the fear of going into the future, well, what if this should happen, and what if that should happen, and what if neither happens, off into the future. So we live most of our lives, most of our mental life, either in the past or in the future. Rarely are we in the present moment to listen to the good counsel of the conscience. But the mind can be trained. The mind has already been trained to avoid this wisdom. So the mind is very flexible. It's just that nobody has ever taught us how to do this. The only thing that we have been taught in school whether it's in grade school or high school or college or uh... uh, even after higher education is to memorize someone else's opinion and then to recite it and if i go to school if i go to college and and i memorize enough and i can recite enough somebody's going to give me a degree and i'll get a good paying job But i'm still enslaved the limited, faulty concepts of my ego senses an unconscious mind. I'm not using my conscience, even though uh, I have a nice house and I have a nice car.
0: So you are so right. <laughs> you are so a, right. So
1: it's a dire necessity that we that we use the conscience as our guide, just for the sake of an experiment. I'm not asking anybody. Not to be a Doubting Thomas. I'm a Doubting Thomas. That's why I rely on the scientific experiment system so that I can experience something for myself and know the truth myself instead of relying on all this hearsay that we receive through television and the Internet and books. I I tell people all the time, I don't want you to believe me. And that's true, I don't want people to believe me. But if they're interested and motivated, I would like them to experiment in their own life, with their own relationships, with their own conscience. And I'm betting that, like myself, they'll feel better, continuously. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Right. That, There's no that, doubt. Just... There really is no doubt. Mm-hmm. There is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a guarantee, but we have to do the work. We each have to do the work. It's not just about believing, because unconscious forces are a million times more powerful than just believing.
0: hmm well, So we, we have only to really rewrite
1: knew. the software of the mind.
0: well. Mm. Wow. Um, we only use like 10% of our mind anyway, right? Most of it is unconscious unconscious mind the yeah, unconscious mind, that's right? right.
1: Mm. That's right. And most of the time the unconscious is driving the bus.
0: Oh It does drive the bus you are yes With most people it does people right will so say, you know most
1: people are on autopilot And you're right and when autopilot is running the reptilian brain is really in charge through the email. Yes.
0: Yes you know, people, so whose people life are say, we
1: living? Ron? Right. People, so, people will so often
0: who, say, um, you know, well, that's just who I am. <laughs> but it's not who they are. It's what they've been conditioned to be,
1: right? Yes. And that's why Shakespeare says there's nothing either good or bad, only thinking makes it so. So if I think that uh, I, I am this misery, then I'm going to suffer. It's... It's very interesting. You know, it's like when somebody cuts me off in traffic and uh, and a bubble comes from my unconscious mind and I'm aware of anger. In my younger days, I might say, I'm angry. But that's impossible. That's an oxymoron. It's impossible for me to be angry. I'm aware of anger, but I am not anger. I cannot be an emotion, but I identify with that which is appearing, this powerful force. I had, uh, I had a relative once who had lower back pain, and this was familiar to me because as a, as a young person uh, from early childhood, I held my fear in my lower back, and it hurt. I had a lot of pain, but it wasn't an operative condition. It was a mental condition. I stored my fear there but through this type of process of using my conscience as my guide and doing some gentle exercises I don't have that pain anymore so I offered to give some instruction to this relative of mine and his reply was if I didn't have the pain in my back how would I know who I was
0: oh such A truer statement has never been spoken and it is absolutely true Um, and that goes for uh, not only physical pain but emotional pain we identify we identify with pain that's been with us for a long time and we don't know who we are without it that's a very scary thought yes
1: that's right that's right yeah yeah well how free do we want to be how happy do we want to be How healthy do we really want to be? And we have to be honest with ourselves because it's all about desire. If we have the desire to be free, if we have the desire to be happy and to be secure, there's nothing stopping us. As long as we base our outer action on our inner wisdom and above all else, as Shakespeare says, to thine own self be true, Trust yourself. The culture doesn't want us to trust ourselves. The culture wants us to uh, uh, listen to all these experts outside of ourselves who are often wrong but never in doubt. (laughs) But these people are just trying to sell us something. And God bless them. You know, I, I don't begrudge them a livelihood. But just because somebody offers me poison doesn't mean that I'm obligated to accept it. I'm with you
0: completely yeah. you know it's often I don't know that we uh, grow up and understand this listen if this was taught to, to us as children we would save a lot of heartache but it's well often, but
1: but but you know I remember when I was uh, 13 or 14 and uh, I always say that's, uh that's the, that was the crown of creation because when I was 13 and 14 and maybe you, this is true for you too. I knew everything about everything.
0: Yes, I so do too.
1: If somebody had tried to tell me this when I was thirteen or fourteen, I don't think that I was ready to uh, embrace it. Right.
0: So what? So my point was, um, paint the pain of life, the frustrations of life, the ones that bring us to our knees, the final blow. Uh, is usually what makes us say, "Okay, all right, I need a better way." That's right. Why is that? Why do we Why do we have to get to that place before we're we're ready to open up and receive a different way of living?
1: Because we are uh, uh, addicted to these three amigos: <laughs> the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind. We identify with what they're saying as me. I'm inside this matrix. I'm inside this uh, this paper bag and uh I I can't even conceive of anything outside. Do you, do you remember uh the uh, Plato's cave analogy story? Do you remember?
0: No. That? No.
1: It, it's great. And it's so current. So uh Plato uh, uh, wrote this cave analogy where they, there were these prisoners inside a dark cave and they were uh, shackled to a wall. Even their necks were shackled, so they couldn't turn their head to the left or the right very much, and they faced this wall that was in front of them. And in back of the wall, in back of the wall, uh, the guards, the prison guards, had a fire going. And other prison guards went between the fire, which cast a light. The other jailers walked along the wall with long poles and sculptures on top of them, and the light from the fire would then cast shadows on the wall of the sculptures. And the prisoners, who could only look straight ahead, began to believe that the only reality were the images of the shadows on the wall. That was their reality. The shadows on the wall. That which which appeared became their reality. Until one of the prisoners escaped and went outside the cave into the light and saw the truth of light. And was so fond of his fellow prisoners, he went back to tell them what the truth was. And how did they react? They killed him. Because they were frightened of what he had to say. So we all live in boxes. We all live in boxes. You know, uh, our, our, our religion, our race, our gender, our age our sexual preference, all these different boxes are trying to conform us in certain ways. Not that they're malicious in any way, and some can be very beneficial. But I I remember when uh, I announced to my family that uh, uh, I can no longer eat a standard American diet uh, because it caused too much physical pain in in my gut. And I was going to experiment with vegetarianism. Well you should have uh, uh, seen uh, the reaction. Uh, It was was, uh, painful to me because they were in pain. They thought that my choosing vegetarianism over what the family ate in some way inferred that they were doing something wrong, that it was a criticism of them, which Mm -hmm. it was not. And if I did not have an innate good sense of humor to bring a smile to their faces in, in those circumstances uh, it would have been a lot worse
0: and I think many families um, many families try to control us with a, a family image of, yes. um, of what's expected within that you know uh, and that messes people up Yes. You know, the the question that comes to my mind is, so do you have an opinion as to if there is a difference between our higher self, our higher mind, our higher conscience, conscious, and um, the spiritual world Who is who tries to pass through information to us? Do you have an opinion about Whether they are one in the same, whether they are... They are one in the
1: same. They are one in the same. They are one in the same. We are spiritual beings having a human experience through a mind-body-sense complex in space and time.
0: Okay. Okay. And
1: and we we are so uh, addicted to relying on this mind-body-sense complex, this matrix of this mind-body-sense complex, we don't give credence to what might be outside the matrix Mm -hmm. but this mind-body-sense complex this matrix contains a function of the mind that can go outside the matrix to the superconscious portion of the mind and bring that wisdom into the matrix Mm -hmm. that's the beauty we can that's use the mind to go beyond the mind.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so true. So people say, you know, how do I become psychic? Well, it's not that you're psychic; it's just that you, are, you get in touch with that part of yourself that allows you to tap in to the truth.
1: That's right. That's right. But it takes practice, just like mm-hmm. anything else.
0: Well, it does. It does, and um, it's something I've been practicing, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when, and I find, you know, I use the the um, the example of allowing versus, you know, um, restricting or 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 um, trying to control and hold back, you know. And Mm -hmm. when when we allow everything flows so much better, including our thoughts. And I have a client, this is just amazing. I have a client who came to me so distraught over what happened with her husband, child and like that. And she really thought that she had, her life was over and she was close to taking it. And I sensed in her that her life had been about control so deeply in control. That she was so in control, she ruined everything. Mm-hmm. So we, t- we talked about it. And when I mentioned the word control, it resonated deeply with her. And she said, that's it. That is it. So we talked about that and I gave her some ways to help to release that. And then she went about doing it on her own. In a very short amount of time, miraculous things began to happen and all the dead ends that she thought were were there where she had no control once she let control she had total power over her life yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. it, and it happened so quickly it was incredible
1: right. yeah.
0: within days That's um right. so yeah so this is totally makes sense when we stop trying to when our ego stops trying to control and fix and um create we're so much freer it's if it, this is you know this all sort of fits in to what you're saying right
1: yes and the ego is freer
0: yes it is
1: the ego can have a rewarding life So cause it's in service ego? to the truth okay and so the, the ego e- expands how cool is that I'm not just this mind-body-sense complex I am everything
0: <laughs> yes okay so that's ego yeah right. right once we right once we understand who we truly are that's right. then that's an ego okay Wow, oh, we are such interesting complicated beings. We have so many functions
1: of the it's mind a, and the body. <laughs> it's a it's definitely a challenging assignment being a human being.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes it is. There's so yeah. much to learn and <laughs> and no matter how much you learn, there's so much more to learn. We never stop learning. And that's the thing is that that's what we're here to do. We want to that get better and better and better about how we experience this, right?
1: That's right. And if we don't resolve the conflicts that are resolvable, we'll just have to do it another time.
0: I agree with you. So why is that? So, you know... Because everything in the
1: unconscious mind is destined to be resolved. because, Because we have come from the ocean of consciousness. Now we are in the form of this human being, but we are destined to return to the ocean of consciousness, but not until all the unconscious conflicts are resolved. That's what relationships is about. Relationships bring us us bring us opportunities to resolve that which is resolvable in a particular lifetime. But if I don't untie those knots, what I'm going to do is I'm going to double tie them and triple tie them and make it more and more difficult. And my life becomes like Groundhog Day, the movie.
0: It's so true. This is actually um, an aspect of myself that I'm working on is to understand the function of the people who cause the most pain in my life and to uh, be, have gratitude and appreciation for it rather than you know animosity or frustration or anger or any of those kind of things this is where I'm at you know this is the that's next why I tell me. people
1: that uh, one of my most important teachers uh, is Elvis Presley because I fell in love with Elvis Presley when I was 10 years old and I've loved him my whole life because I loved him I gave him my attention. Because I gave him my attention, I observed a lot of the choices that he made in his life, many of which were in conflict with my own inner wisdom. So, in a real sense, Elvis Presley has taught me what not to do, how not to live my life. And I am eternally grateful that I don't have to touch those hot burners on the stove to know whether they're hot or not, because Elvis paved people. the way. Yeah, we do. We, you know, we criticize people. You know, that disagree with us or that that cause uh, anger uh, uh, in our awareness. And yet, there there are teachers. They are our teachers. They're <laughs> working, working very hard, night and day, to teach us what not to do, how not to live <laughs> our lives. Yes. <laughs> But we have not see the value of it
0: um, you know it's on the other side of healing when it's very hard when you're in the midst of pain and confusion to understand that the people who are causing this for you um, are here to help you res- help you grow in the way that you planned to grow in this incarnation so it's an agreement that you make, and these people are really the most loving souls in your life because they've dedicated their life to do this for you.
1: That's right. And,
0: but it's hard to see that when you're in the midst of the pain that they've caused. And so that's why healing is so important. It's so important that we work through these issues because if we don't get to the other side of it,
1: we can't grow from them. So that that begs the question, Randy, that that, uh, eternal philosophical question that must be answered first, and that is, who am I from where have I come? Why Mm -hmm. am I here? What's to be done? And where will I go when there is nobody?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And some people just shut down. They don't want to look at that. Um yeah, but choice. then, but i'm I'm not that person. I mean, I've always been expansive. I've always Great. wanted to wanted to know more and more and more and more Great. so so um we so so lie. you
1: plant seeds with people, you know, right. so you just plant seeds with people. that's okay. We have no right. claim to the outcome. you, you know no. we become Johnny Appleseed.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. in order to do any kind of healing work with anybody, you have to have that attitude that uh, right. you cannot be, you cannot become attached to the outcome. You can That's do right. what you do and hope that people That's take, right. you know, take it and, and, and move forward in their own lives. So yeah. but um, but this is this is such a great, great conversation. OK, so um, you. How how does meditation help us? To get in touch with our conscience,
1: meditation is fantastic uh, as uh, uh, a training. First of all, it uh, it provides us the skill of one pointed attention. We learn how to direct all of our mental energy toward one object, which brings about genius and creativity. So, one pointed attention is the first skill. And then the second skill we learn in meditation is detachment. We learn how to create a space between stimulus and response so that we can be free to use our conscience as our guide. And therefore we we also become more creative because the conscience is bringing us all these creative Nuggets of wisdom, pearls of wisdom, and lastly we 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 build our willpower just to meditate for sixty seconds every day, we build our will the muscles of our willpower, so in meditation, we gain one pointed of attention, detachment, discrimination and wisdom, and willpower. Now, these tools can use in every relationship, and I need them in every relationship for a successful and a rewarding resolution.
0: So for those who say, all right, I, I hear that meditation is a great thing and I should do it. So many people say I should be meditating. What is the best way for them to start meditating?
1: Well, you know, we meditate uh, all the time. Whenever we're giving our full one-pointed attention to anything, it is a form of meditation. That's why we say uh, about a fantastic movie, oh, I loved that movie. Why did I love that movie? Because while uh, the, the movie was being played, my mental energy was totally focused that's what made it such a wonderful uh, experience or or the, uh, that was a wonderful book, I loved that book or I love that woman, I love that man I, I love that ice cream cone because <laughs> automatically the energy of my mind is focused that's the key that's the key, so it doesn't matter, just start training it start with what's easy sixty seconds and know that If distracting thoughts come, that's all part of meditation, part of the training process. It's not a problem. So you just recognize, oh, that distraction, that distracting thought, that's just the habit of the mind. Honor it, witness it, let it go, and then lovingly bring the mind back to the mantra. For 60 seconds, that's it. And if you can do it for 60 seconds and it's been enjoyable, and you have time after a couple of weeks, add another 60 seconds. Don't take on too much too soon. If it's right, it has to be easy. And if it's easy, it's got to be right.
0: So you use the word mantra. We don't need a specific mantra. We don't need to go, oh, mm," or anything like that. What is the mantra of someone who is just beginning?
1: Well, every spiritual tradition, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, uh, Buddhism, Native American culture, every spiritual tradition has mantras that are appropriate. Uh, so uh, there is a mantra that means the essential nature at the core of our being, and that is Rama. Rama, Rama, Rama. That was the mantra that Mahatma Gandhi used. That was my first mantra. I thought if it, if it worked for Gandhi, it would <laughs> it would help me. Couldn't hurt. And it, it was great.
0: That sounds very much like transcendental meditation. Um, well, transcendental where
1: you- meditation is is the same thing without uh, uh, the uh, the. Uh, uh, it's just with the mantra. Uh, right, and, and they uh, Maharishi, uh, who uh, developed uh, TM, uh, made a decision that uh, Westerners were not ready for the entire science of yoga, like coordinating the functions of the mind. So he just gave them a mantra. So it's it's, it's part of the same lineage. It's just mm-hmm. a small piece of it. I'm here to bring the science. And you are. This is
0: such a fascinating topic and something that, I mean, I'm just so intrigued by this because I can relate to this in so many ways. And I know that my listeners, their ears are perking up and they're like, hmm, you know, maybe I could do this. Um, So tell us about your book.
1: Well, it's it's called Your Conscience. And uh, I wrote it during quarantine last year, uh, there I was, uh, like all of us, uh, uh, during uh, this uh, horrific, uh, what I call a catastrophe. I don't know if you've ever heard of, or your listeners have ever heard of that word, catastrophe. But no. Catastrophe is uh, is a big part of that word, but the prefix EU is Greek, and it means good, a good kind of catastrophe. So every catastrophe really is a eucatastrophe if you can if you can find the gift in it. And so there I was. I was without students coming because there was quarantine because of the COVID. And uh, what am I going to do? How am I going to uh, give my gifts to people? What what am, what am I going to do? How can I do that? And fortunately, uh with technology, I have had been able to uh, teach. Uh, through uh, different platforms, uh, distance learning. Uh, But I had all this time uh, that I had. What what was I going to do with this creative energy? And I thought, and I looked around, and I saw all these people in such pain because they were being quarantined and life was not normal. And I said, what can I give them? What can I give them? And I decided the answer was your conscience. I <laughs> could introduce them to their conscience so that they could figure things out for themselves and be self reliant.
0: There you go. There you go. It's difficult in the midst of all this um fear based energy to mm-hmm. be able to think differently. I don't have a problem with it, but I know many people do, <clears throat> and it can, it's, it can be very confusing uh, yes. wondering who to listen to. And right now, you know, this is really the perfect time to focus on the conscience as you present it, because right now, everybody's so confused because the messages that come through are unreliable. They're always different. They're upside down. <clears throat> some make sense, some don't, and we don't know what to listen to anymore. That's and right. this is the perfect time to go in inside. To I, think go, so.
1: right? I think so. It's, I think so. I think so. No <laughs> question about it. And that's the beauty. And, and, and maybe that's why the virus came. Because uh, continuing business as usual is only killing our mother and killing us in mm. the process. You know, Mother Earth is really uh, uh, being ravaged by these three amigos these ego senses and unconscious ones <laughs> we're really yeah. doing a number on our on our mother you're right and so maybe she uh, maybe she is bringing forth this uh uh this pause in our lives uh with purpose so people will learn to go within and seek within and find the truth within and become self-reliant doesn 't mean that you reject everything that uh, is presented outside, but at least you know the difference right
0: exactly exactly, so yes, I agree. I think there's a a very, very important shift going on. I think this is very important for people. People needed to stop they needed to stop what they were doing, they needed to stop the patterns. I think And so. the, really, the, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So is there anything you wanted to tell us or leave us with? We talked about so much. This was a, a pretty deep conversation, but I totally enjoyed it. Is there something else that you would, would like to share?
1: Uh, just to remind people that uh, to let the conscience be the guide and to be be the doubting Thomas but be willing to experiment for yourself because that's the only way. Don't rely on what I'm saying. Don't believe me. Test it because personal experience is the highest wisdom.
0: That's so true. So, Leonard, um, oh, tell us how you got the name Ram Ramlev.
1: I got that from uh, my teacher, Swami Ram. Swami Rama. Uh he said that uh, you are ram meaning that i am a disciple of his and Leif was my hebrew name i was raised in the jewish tradition and so he he saw that this was a way of making me whole ram is the highest ideal of the human being and Lave in Hebrew means the heart of a lion, and so by bringing mm. them together, I became whole.
0: What an incredible name that's amazing Yeah. Mm. okay. Do you have a website that we can visit to continue um your wisdom or if we if we'd like to have sure. you um be our teacher
1: sure uh. There's two websites. One is for the book, which is yourconscience.org, yourconscience.org, for the book. And the American Meditation Institute, which I founded in 1996, is the way that uh, I can be reached, and that is AmericanMeditation.org, AmericanMeditation.org. Okay. Okay. And I'd be happy to hear from people if they're uh, interested.
0: That sounds wonderful. Well, I'm in a zone, and it's a good zone. I like it. Um, this is. I needed to hear this. I think we all need to hear this, and we can all be reminded, even when we are aware of these things. Like, I mean, I'm aware of so much of what you said, but it really does sort of center me and bring me back to where I need to stay. And I appreciate so much. What you shared with us today thank you it's been really really interesting and pleasure
1: I deeply appreciate the opportunity I needed myself
0: (laughs) yeah it's amazing when we teach how much we can learn I know that that works for me yes okay well thank you I wish you um, great success with with this book in the way that it reaches as many people I know you want it to reach people because you want to change Um, help people live their best life. So in that way, I hope you're very successful and um, enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. God bless
0: you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randifine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No necessary. By law. 18 plus. the conditions apply. Hey, details.